to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 37. I'm your host, Elizabeth Collins, and I have got so much to catch up on, I don't even really know where to begin. What I'm going to begin with is, first of all, just shouting out the other podcasters who have begun doing podcasts, and I really want to uh, promote their podcasts. Uh, first of all, Gary Francione from The Abolitionist Approach. Professor Gary Francione has a podcast. It's called The Abolitionist Approach Commentary. It has been happening over the last three weeks, and... Um, you can find it very, very easily at abolitionistapproach.com. It's available at the iTunes store, and there are a million other aggregators or podcast daters or whatever all the technical stuff is that you can download it from. Um, Randy Sandberg has made it incredibly user-friendly um, to access everything on the Abolitionist Approach website, as we all know, and um, the podcast is one of those things. So I I'm very glad that Gary's finally doing a podcast. It's It's been incredible, and there's actually been a lot going on in the last three weeks, which um, if anybody hasn't been sort of uh, going out there on the virtual world, there's been like a very big explosion of... Um, of a huge amount of activity in the virtual world, even more than normal, I think, um, specific to um, one topic, which I will be getting into, but bottom line is, Gary started doing a podcast, it's called The Abolitionist Approach Commentary, it's available at theabolitionistapproach.com, I'm going to post a link to that and to the iTunes store on this episode, and I really recommend listening. Uh, you know, this is the... Um, the summation uh, in a lot of ways of um, ideal ideas that we are proponing as uh, as abolitionists and um, this is an sort of unedited and un you know a lot of the times um, Professor Frenzion goes on other podcasts or he goes on public radios or he does speeches and things like that and there's maybe a time limit or you know there may be a certain um, target audience that is being spoken to at a university, um, which is all very wonderful stuff. I love this podcast because it is it is helping us uh, as abolitionists ourselves to hear in a sort of a straight from the heart shoot of this, um, of the theory, and it's actually the thing about podcasting is you can just kind of talk and um, I think audio messages, I think oral communication is hugely effective as as a species. I mean, as a species, we communicate with this language that we have. That's why, you know, these, um, you know, why do politicians make speeches? You know, why why does everybody make speeches? It's still very powerful. I know that we're inundated with, you know, visual media, but this is a very powerful medium, and I'm very, very glad that Professor Francione is doing his own thing, um, and he can do his abolitionist podcast, and um, at the same time, obviously, any interviews and all those other things, so really recommend it. There's another abolitionist, Vincent Gahane, and I probably pronounced his last name wrong. He has a fantastic blog called We Other Animals, it's. Um, I'm going to post a link um, on my uh, on this episode on the blog, my blog, but it's weotheranimals.blogspot.com. He's also started doing a podcast, and it's just a continuation of his blog posts as well, which is basically what all of our podcasts are, I think. And um, this is a an amazing advocate. His I really love his blog because it's just so witty, and it 
it's funny and it makes me laugh but it's very very effective and um, so he also has a podcast and I'm going to post a link to that and Dr. Roger Yates has a podcast and the great thing about that is it's um, using his knowledge of sociology um, his PhD is completely involved with human non-human relations. He has a blog which is extremely valuable to read. I always go there, and I, you know, if you're ever confused or taken aback uh, by the reaction of a person when you're trying to talk to them about veganism and you can't quite fathom their uh, reaction, uh, I think that Dr. Yates has a lot of insight as to that. It's, it's you know, we're dealing with an indoctrination. I really recommend his podcast. Um, so that is also available in the iTunes store. It is also available from Dr. Yates' uh, website on humannonhumanrelations.blogspot.com and I will also post a link to it on this episode. So those are just only three of the things that have been happening in the last three weeks since I've done my last podcast. My podcast today is going to be a another voice in support of nonviolence, and there has been um, a very big uh, a debate and a lot of very vocal activity in the virtual world uh, of animal activism which is you know a huge part of our world now about uh, violence and the futility of non-violence um, by proponents of violence and also by people who are extremely frustrated at the rate of change firstly let me say I am no expert I never claim to be an expert I can only go by my own experience as always um, I'm still learning I mean I plan to live a very long life I am a vegan so I'm very healthy and I plan to do this for the rest of my life so you know hopefully in 10 or 20 or 30 years I'll you know I'll have more insight on the whole situation but as it stands I can only give my own uh, thoughts um, my own experience um, of the issue and I can only base it on um, what I can see as uh, as the well I can only base it on my own, own, own opinion but what I would like to say is that when I discovered this um, this other kind of you know I I guess I was either naive or I just wasn't aware that um, there are people who are at the level of uh, of the they reach the point where they just have gotten very very uh, impatient and frustrated with the situation and these you know one of the people involved and I'm not going to name any names and I'm not going to name any blog sites I just want to support I just want to come out in support of nonviolence I want to come out in support of Gary Francione the abolitionist approach I want to come out in support of uh, Dr. Yates I want to come out in support of all of us abolitionists um, and that's um, every single one of us that have been posting and trying to deal with these things and um, and I just want to come out in support of all of the abolitionists um, who have been promoting peaceful vegan 
education, creative vegan education, peace, non-violence. We all have to realize that we cannot escape reality. I think that um, Dr. Yates made a really good point in his last podcast where he said um, there is a big difference between what we want and what is. And I, I don't find myself as being a defeatist and um, I was actually given some very good advice by a very good friend of mine who said that um, it's never a good idea to say well it will never happen in my lifetime and things like that because who am I to judge that I am now starting to see that we are having an effect and it's really starting to happen as I've said before and I think that with regard to people who are extremely frustrated I want to speak out I want to I fully back the approach of nonviolence we are dealing with violence whenever I talk about veganism to people I found lately because I'm sort of always adjusting my tactics and I'm still learning you know um, that when you talk about peace and you talk about the violence that we inflict on non-human animals I find that that's very very effective I think the majority of people in this world want peace they really really do I mean just look at the faces of war I don't know if anybody here has been exposed to a lot of imagery of war. I mean, if you want to, it's happening right now. Just turn on the internet. But I was brought up with the faces of war. Um, not in my own personal uh, life, uh, my own experience, but the experience of my parents who were both in Vietnam and um, we have bookshelf after bookshelf full of images and I have uh, many photos of my mother um, in, uh, in the hospital that she worked in with very young children who were you know blown up and um, who were had legs missing and you know you look at the faces of war and they're not happy faces and I challenge any of these people who are promoting violence to who who think that it's okay to poison the meat or to you know to um, do whatever you know obviously this isn't everybody there is all degrees of kind of frustration happening but you know I challenge them to uh, look upon the faces of the uh, children who eat that poisoned meat you know these are children who were brought up in a society which is species as which we can change and we must be aware of that and I think it is a sickness to think that causing violence against them is going to make any difference at all. It's actually a sickness. Violence is a sickness. And um, if anybody can wishing harm upon people who are not vegan because of the fact that they are not vegan, um, I think that it is based on an extreme um, psychological distress that um, we have these people who are, have gone vegan and who have um, become incredibly overwhelmed with the enormity of what is happening and and their way of dealing with it is to lose control almost um, I, 
I often think that a lot of these writings and these uh, blogs and things are an outlet for a lot of hateful thoughts. And what it brings up in me is it brings up in me a deep sadness for them. I think that hate and and anger is, is, is very detrimental to the person who is feeling those things as well as to everybody else. And um, the thing that I want to say is, you know, I don't, I do not condone what anybody is doing, even though I understand that there may be some deep psychological distress happening, and we can see why we are all distressed. Anybody who wakes up to veganism, who wakes up to animal rights, and looks around them, and realizes that their direct family members are not aware and when you try to talk to people and you go on forums and you speak about veganism and they they post pictures of 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 raw steak meat of you know the flesh of cows and and they act towards you with hatred and resistance it it can trigger anger and it can trigger opposition and and hostility in yourself but i really know for myself, and one of the things that I object to with the, um, a lot of the things that I've uh, I've been on a couple of forums, and I have been um, accused of being a zombie and a, a blind follower of um, Gary Francione, for example, and uh, oh well, gosh, they've come up with all kinds of ridiculous nicknames, Franciombe, or whatever to stand for, Franciombi, or some ridiculous name to say that, you know, we're zombies and we're, oh, and we're cult followers because we agree with, um, uh, the basic premise of the abolitionist approach. I agree with the abolitionist approach because it makes sense to me. The moral baseline of veganism is nonviolence. And anybody, even somebody who may think that in the future, when we do have a, um, a, a sufficient amount, a substantial amount, a, a real movement, um, you know, a a, um, a sufficient percentage of the world population who is a vegan, who is an ethical vegan, who is willing, who is willing to proclaim that and back this right of non-human animals to not be property, to not be used, as we back the right of human beings to not be used. There are some people who actually believe that there may be some kind of force necessary, but the bottom line is that they are still proponents of non-violence and the people who are discussing those kind of future developments are still proponents of non-violence in the in the essence of the movement you know none of us i mean we wouldn't even be vegan if we thought that violence was a good thing i'm utterly confused by a lot of the doctrine that I've been reading by, by the pro-violence people. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, although I do think that a lot of it comes along with deep, deep despair and, and just, you know, I mean, I do want to acknowledge, that, that I do want to acknowledge, but first of all, let me continue on in my defense of Gary Francione and his philosophy and his standing up to um, these people who accuse 
him and anybody who agrees with the abolitionist approach, which is a revolutionary way of thinking, which is changing the animal rights movement to be an animal rights movement, a real animal rights movement, and, um, you know, who are saying that it is complicit and that it is some kind of... Uh, it is some kind of way of just being uh, doing nothing. I think they are very, very confused as to what the abolitionist approach is. And I also feel like I could very well turn around and call those people cult followers, but I don't play that game because what is the point? I could call anybody a cult follower. That is silly. If you come up to me and you quote Martin Luther King, who had the most incredible uh, thought processes that he vocalized. I mean, that you know, he put these things into words. This is the way we communicate as a species. And you quote Martin Luther King to me, and I turn around and say, you're just a cult follower. You know, you don't have a mind of your own. I think it is ridiculous. When something resonates with you, it is a very personal thing. And it is nothing to do with being a mindless zombie. So I do strongly object to that, although I think it is so utterly trivial as to not even really merit the five sentences that I have devoted to it. However, so I do want to ad address that um, there is this um, phenomenon that has been happening and it is very unfortunate. And one of the things that I want to talk about today, because... I talked about a little bit of my Spanish broadcast is, um, and you know, I'm not an expert, I'm not a psychologist, uh, you know, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, and I'm not a sociologist. I'm only me, and I remember very strongly what it was like, because I'm a recent vegan, I am a recent discoverer of this uh, truth, of the this holocaust that is occurring right now, this second, and... Um, I wish to clearly state that when I use the word Holocaust, I simply mean the annihilation of uh, sentient beings. Um, if I'm using it wrongly, please correct me. I often make mistakes with words, and I'm happy to correct them, but uh, I know of other no other way to describe it. Um, I'm not talking about um, the Holocaust uh, in, in Nazi Germany and in World War II. I'm talking about the Holocaust of uh, what we're doing to 56 billion non-human animals a year, not including sea animals, not including animals that we use for their skin or experimentation ex uh, or entertainment, etc., etc. To me, that is a Holocaust. Uh, I don't know any other word that describes it. Um, I don't even think mass is enough. So, you know, please uh, excuse my use of the word Holocaust. It is a uh, very um, uh, profound uh, reason why I'm using that word, um, even if there was no such thing as World War II. I think that the inherent meaning of Holocaust is what we are doing to the rest of these non-human animals. And um, when I woke up to that, and it hit me very, very hard, uh, I... Um, I used to uh, watch the, uh, when I very first uh, sort of realized and, and, you know, and then it's like for me, I mean, I can only describe my own experience. I woke up kind of one day, you know, and I looked around 
and I'd become a vegan. And all of a sudden, I was thinking about it, and I looked, and there was I was on the subway, and there was a pair of leather shoes, and another pair of leather shoes, and a leather bag, and you know, a silk scarf. And then I got off the train, and there was this restaurant and that restaurant and this restaurant and that restaurant and all my head was just filled you know and every single one of those restaurants was just pound after pound of 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 the flesh of slaughtered animals those were leather shoes the skin of slaughtered animals and i mean i was in new york city i had a lot of close contact with a lot of fur coats you know and things like that and um it did become overwhelming and i watched the videos of the alf um breaking in and uh smashing things up and um uh setting fire to things and when i was a new vegan and i was cheering and i uh said yes you know go get him and you know all those kinds of things um i was extremely emotional extremely distressed and i had nobody to talk to about it and um I um comforted myself by uh going online and talking to other people about veganism and um when I find when I calmed down and I realized well a I wasn't going to kill myself um because that was also something that crossed my mind when I sort of woke up and b um I just didn't when I started to read a little more into the, uh you know I almost sort of woke up to sociology in a way because I woke up and I said to myself hang on a minute you know hang on a minute Liz less than a month ago you were wearing leather shoes you know you were wearing those um uh silk scarves in fact it, it took me a while to even figure out about silk you know because I was still educating myself about veganism I didn't uh get rid of my silk products um until after I you know found out about them I mean I finally sort of looked on online and I was like oh my goodness silk yeah of course it comes from worms you know so you know we have to realize that when people are presented with these ideas we have to be very 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 careful and um before I ramble on any more the point of this podcast apart from supporting on a logical level and as a new vegan non-violence as a way to deal with this problem of violence and it's it's not because i am a zombie it's because it makes sense um as a person who was who is very emotional and very very upset i can't watch any more slaughter videos or anything like that i they make me uh well they make me very angry they make me very upset and they make me full of despair and rather than being that way uh i would prefer to be uh, clear-headed to be aware of sociology and why we are doing what we are doing why people as gary franzion pointed out in his latest podcast who are sitting next to a dying animal and stroking and trying to comfort that animal with a feeling of helplessness because that person is not a veterinarian and the animal involved is not legally allowed to be treated by a veterinarian in that state and is stroking the animal can suddenly turn around and start calling the animal and it and 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 be a person who hunts those animals you know this is it's a knowledge that we all need to have and i am very worried about these uh proponents of violence not because i think that they are uh 
really in any way going to uh, do anything um, except for detrimental things or they may very well end up in jail and then we're going to just lose some more people who recognize that animals have a right not to be used and that abolition is the way to go and they're going to be rotting in prison and they better be registered with the vegan society or they might have trouble getting vegan food you know um, but apart from all that I'm worried about the new people I'm worried about the new vegans you know where are they going to go you know, first of all, we have to fight against the welfareists who are trying to drag them over there and say, hey, you know, make sure you donate money and all these kinds of things. And they're very, very confused. They don't know what to do. I think unequivocal vegan education is the way to go. It's what saved me. It's what made me have hope. It has made me an advocate for animal rights it has made me able to live in this world that we live in with hope and with um, a positive I, I believe that this movement can work and um, I know that um, there are new people who are extremely distressed who are going to go to these violent violence proponents or whatever proposing websites and unfortunately they are going to be sucked into that and that's what I want to sort of I don't have empathy for what um, these people are, are doing um, with regard to um, their intolerance of of, um, of uh, non-violence uh, you know they think that you know we have literally been called speciesists because we refuse to kill um, human beings in the name of uh, animal rights and um, I just think that they're deluding themselves because as a practical matter it's not going to work anyway so you know no matter how angry you are um, if you go out and commit murder um, good luck to us because what's going to happen to you and uh, you know I really think that we need to the reason that I want to speak out, and I do want to, we really need to be active in our, in our non-violent approaches because we want to be there for the new vegans, for the people who are, they take in the information and they have these options in front of them. What are they going to do? Are they going to donate money to PETA and they're going to start screaming at people and throwing, you know, red paint on fur coats? Are they going to start, uh, um, you know, I don't know, whatever kind of welfare reform, spending all their time and energy fighting for, you know, the gassing of the chickens, or are they going to go on these websites where they're proposing hate and intolerance and anger and just so much despair, and um, and they've, you know, just pure and utter uh, sort of psychotic, or are they going to um, help us get a vegan movement going? You know, veganism is animal rights. Animal rights is veganism. As Roger Yates said in his last podcast, which I really recommend listening to as well, it's a mega movement. It covers everything. And um, we're all capable of seeing that. We need to get the new vegans. We do need to help them from going down these other roads. I want to, I want to be a voice for the new vegans to not be giving into their anger and fury and despair and going towards these violent you know these people who are violent because it's not only is it impractical it is it's hopeless 
and I really do strongly think that it's useless. And um, I also object to people um, who bring up open rescue and make it part of this argument um, of what we're talking about. Um, what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this podcast and the things that have been going on in the last three weeks and the kinds of uh, explosions in the virtual world that have been happening, I'm talking about hate. I'm talking about fury and anger and uncontrolled emotion, which is useless. It, I, I mean, the blogs, maybe they're a good therapy and things like that. Um, when I said, what I said in my Spanish blog was like, if you want to scream, scream, but don't scream in the face, you know, don't scream in somebody's face. If you want to punch, punch, but punch a pillow, don't punch somebody's face. You know, write me an email, you know, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here for each other. I can talk to my vegan friends and just, you know, cry and, and, and scream and, and curse out the world and everything, but I need to hold it together because everything that we do in the back of our minds, we must always consider, is this effective? I think that is the magic word. Is this going to help? Because we have 56 billion plus the other 100 billion creatures depending on us because they can't do it for themselves. So every time we do something, we have to think about them and not ourselves and our own, you know, futility. And I know there are people who are proponents of this, you know, uh, acceleration and violence who, who truly think that they are thinking about the non-humans and they truly think they're doing the right thing. I disagree uh, strongly. Um, I think that they are hurting the movement incredibly. And if anybody that was even considering animal rights um, and who was a person who was on the fence was to go on these websites um, they would do one of two things they would be um, absolutely uh, appalled and terrified uh, about it and would um, totally support what Roger Yates called the capitalist response which is to put everybody in jail right now they're insane they want to kill us all or they would um, completely dismiss us as fanatics and useless and uh, pointless. Um, I prefer to give um, our uh, species the benefit of the doubt because they have never been approached with an abolitionist movement before. It has just begun and we are it. But I do want to strongly say that with regard to these um, people who are proposing violence, um, and I don't mean um, these uh, sort of uh, little, uh, you know, there are, there are a lot of people who are um, being very uh, doubtful about um, open rescue and things like that. Um, I think that um, that's sort of a trap that they're trying to um, get pacifists to fall into. I think what we need to concentrate on when we're talking about this issue, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion and I can only you know, do what I can, is when I read these blogs, when I went on these blogs about uh, violence and I read a lot of the things that have been happening because I've never been exposed to that before. Uh, when I was a new vegan and I watched The Rescue of Britches, for example, all I saw was a little monkey that was being experimented on and you know he was set free um, and that's all I saw but you see we have to be a movement and there is um, 
you know, there are young people who are going to be overwhelmed with this and what what do we want them to do i think the proponents of violence are uh thinking that it's perfectly fine for them to commit violent acts and to end up in jail uh for the cause because they're so angry they cannot deal with it well let me tell you something um i personally am from a family where um the uh mother and father were directly involved in war and it was supposedly uh for a good cause um my mother was a nurse in vietnam and she was a nurse for the children and the civilians and the americans who were there were brainwashed into thinking that their killing of the vietnamese people was in the name of freedom and the name of democracy and all those kinds of things and let me tell you anybody you speak to any soldier you speak to anybody who's killed somebody and you ask them if they think that it's a good idea to go to war in order to obtain peace and justice and i can almost guarantee you that most of them will say it is possibly the worst thing that they have ever been through the worst thing that they have ever done and what have we got now what has war gotten us so i very much am very sad for the people who are going down that road if they are only writing these blogs in order to let out their anger and frustration i understand it i mean i think that people should help us wake up this world because i disagree uh with the um hatred that is being proposed and i don't think that it's effective and i don't think it's effective for the non-humans that we're trying to help for practical reasons the practical reasons have been outlined i agree with gary francione and roger yates practical reasons against why violence is um is uh, detrimental to the movement and um I uh don't have uh, any direct experience but let me tell you they do. And um Roger Yates has been in prison because of his actions in the name of animal rights and um as he and as Roger Yates has pointed out in his last podcast the capitalist capitalist state will respond and if you want to be a hero and if you think it's heroic to cause harm and then to end up in jail i would ask you to ask yourself is this helping the movement i don't think it is i think that we are just beginning and i think that anybody who is so full of anger and hate about what we you know we as a species are doing uh to all of the other life on earth needs to take a good look at themselves before they were vegan and then realize that they went vegan and stop being elitist and realize that what we are up against is speciesism and the more of us that present the arguments in a coherent way in a logical way i mean the proponents of violence are once again going against the uh they're going against the producers and they're going against the industrial uh 
exploiters. And um, I think that's useless. The abolitionist approach thinks that that's useless because the reason that there is industrial exploitation is because we as consumers are creating the demand. That's the bottom line. Um, I object to uh, people saying that we are um, one plate at a time. Um, I think that as a movement, um, I'm utterly uh, frustrated with the welfare uh, approach um, and uh, I'm also frustrated with this new development of people who are thinking that we can cause uh, I would ask somebody to uh, question their motives obviously I don't have a lot of uh, practical you know theory and experience to back me up but if you want to know who does listen to uh, Gary Francione and Roger Yates and then go and um, l listen to yourself and I will say that these new vegans, these new young people, we need to be there for them and that's why I do want us to come out as a movement, as an abolitionist movement as well and really present the opposition to these violent movements because we're going to have people especially once we start waking more people up to veganism, once we start waking more people up to what is going on, especially young people, they're going to react in all kinds of different ways and everybody is going to react differently. A lot of them are going to be full of despair and anger. A lot of them are going to be depressed. A lot of them are going to be uh, shocked and feel terribly guilty. We need them to remain sane. We need them to remain in control and calm. We need them to be strong. We cannot afford to have people spiraling down into self-destructive behavior and, and behavior that's going to uh, hurt the movement. So we do need to be there for them. Obviously there are going to be some people who are attracted to this um, hateful message and to this violent message. Um, there's, you know, there are going to be some people who are going to go for that. Um, but, um, you know, that's, um, that's life. You know, we, we are a lot of different people on this earth, but we need to be there for those people who are new vegans, who are full of this incredible, overwhelming knowledge and they don't know where to go. And I want the abolitionist, um, movement, the peace movement to be there for them, to show them. And those people who are wavering, who are who don't you know, the welfareists are calling them over here and the violence people are calling them over here. I believe in our movement. I believe in our message of nonviolence. I believe in our message of vegan education. And I think that we are very, very able to be there for these people. I, I agree that we need to stand up and that we need to be public about it and we are and I think that we're doing a great job. Um, I think that the developments of the last three weeks were something that will expose a lot of people to a lot of different things. When I went on those uh, the, on, on websites and read these things I was absolutely repulsed. Absolutely repulsed by what I read. I just think it is absolutely astonishing to me. Um, however, I am only myself but I do know that there are a lot of people who are really trying to figure out what to do. They want to do something. When people find out about this, about veganism, about the 
the holocaust that us our species is causing and the beautiful news that we can actually stop it that it's actually not necessary and that it's actually doable that's where we need to you know we need to uh, be there for them and I love the fact that we are and I love the fact that more of us are coming out and being there for them and um, like I say there's always going to be people who are tempted towards welfare reform because they can't fathom that uh, you know maybe they're inherently speciesist themselves or maybe they are um, um, you know they have no faith in humanity and then you have the other extreme you have the people who give in to their extreme frustration and anger I for one feel terrible empathy for them as individuals I think that they're torturing themselves I think they're torturing themselves with hate but I do understand where the utter uh, you know the the emotion comes from I mean if you're going to watch those kinds of things day after day after day I mean I admire people who uh, who can uh, do these things and uh, not go crazy um, I for one um, went a little crazy and I'm not crazy anymore and you know why I'm not crazy anymore because somebody sent me to Gary Francione's website and there was the voice of sanity and it helped me and it will help other people and the more of us that that are united in this in this logical support of as a baseline approach I mean if we have our little differences about what the future holds and you know you know eventually when we get a grassroots movement of veganism what's gonna happen then are we gonna have to you know deal with violent opposition from the other side you know maybe we are but right now that's not even on the cards we need to wake people up and when they wake up we need to be there for them and we need to direct them towards what we need from them if I wake you know if I find somebody and, he, and they go vegan and they come to me and they say I can't stand that I I'm you know I'm going crazy what do you think I'm gonna do I'm gonna tell them okay well let's just blow up a building or let's start killing people of course not because how is that gonna help you know everything that we do I, the reason that I really, really admire the people that I admire, and I've mentioned them many times before, is because every step that they take in their advocacy has the thought, the practical thought of what is going to help the non-human animals that this is all about. This is all about them. And I always have that in the back of my mind. And I fail, I get, you know, I... I go on forums and I get I've um you know I'm going to do another podcast soon about the, you know I finally started to get some debate happening here locally about welfare versus abolition I've been accused of being a militant I've been accused of being aggressive uh confrontational um of attacking of being fundamentalist and of being oh gosh um, scathing and all these kinds of things and you know what I you know what I have to take those things into consideration maybe I was a little scathing in my remarks maybe in paper I'm not as good as uh, in person um, but I'm only just beginning and the more people that we get to sort of come into this we need to be sane you know, we need to be saying, I, you know, we have young people who are going vegan and living in a house where their parents and their brothers and their mothers and their sisters are not vegan. And every time they open the fridge, there's milk and there's meat and there's um, 
there's eggs and they and their mother wants to buy them you know leather shoes or whatever and we you know they these these kids you know we need to be there for them and give them hope and we're not going to give them hope by perpetuating hate we're not going to give them hope by perpetuating speciesism we're going to give them hope by promoting veganism and um, letting them know that this can really really happen a vegan ethical movement has begun they can be part of it and the way to be part of it is to be consistent is to promote veganism because veganism is animal rights and veganism is peace and the reason that we are vegans is because we object to violence and um, I um, object to people uh, trying to uh, take this uh, down nitty-gritty paths such as um, well if you break a lock you know is that violent I think that that's kind of just trying to set a trap um, I think we need to keep our eyes on the prize as my father always says and we've only just begun and um, I'm I'm doing my best to be sane you know when I feel really depressed and crazy I go on uh, Skype or whatever and I talk to my vegan friends and I swear and I you know let it all out but um, uh, and I certainly um, hope that when I'm uh, doing that that they're not thinking that I'm you know some kind of crazy I don't think they are I think they understand where the emotion comes from but I try to control that emotion when I'm talking to somebody who was just like me three years ago as I've said in a previous podcast if I had been encountered with somebody who was screaming at me I really don't know how well I would have done and I've actually had personal experiences with friends who I have um learned that I when I take the wrong approach they do kind of shut down their brain and it's not like the welfare say it's not because I'm talking to them about veganism um, it's because I called them immoral or something you know tactically I did it wrong but I'm only just learning you know so um, I think that um, if anybody really really wants to make a difference now and begin this ethical vegan movement no matter how you angry you feel I think that you need to realize that um, we are living in a speciesist society in a capitalist society and we need to be smart about it and I don't have any excuses for people who are going to allow their emotions to take over um, and um, given to that um, in a detrimental way you know the second that one of these people does something violent against another human being and uh, causes death or harm to uh, a living human being um, albeit a non-vegan human being um, such as my mother for example or their mother for example that's going to spell our doom so we need to uh, keep that in check we need to keep tabs on this and um, we need to uh, be a voice and we need to be a voice of reason for the new vegans who are going to be confronted with these different ways of dealing with the problem um, I think that our movement of abolitionist uh, peaceful creative vegan activism is the way to go and we're we're talking about now and this is where we live we live in the now so I fully fully back that and um, I um, am utterly committed to that and I will do everything in my power when I am talking to people about veganism because that's what I do to um, 
be there for them when the truth hits and they suddenly wake up and realize what is going on and they may fall into despair or they may fall into anger or they may fall into um, hatred of humanity and start to hate humans and all these different types of things these are all very common reactions and they're more common than we you know than we think and we need to be prepared for them because we need those people we need them to help us that's our vegan movement we need them, so I'm always going to try to be there for them. And the few who do sort of go down that path and who just give in to their own hatred and torture themselves, um, what are we going to do about them? Well, we're going to try to protect others from them. That's what I do. I, um, I can't engage with insanity, but I can certainly try to be a sane beacon for those who are their heads are swimming and they don't know where to turn and they have uh, the welfareists over there telling them to promote happy meat and they have the pro-violence people saying poison the meat and then they have us saying this is how we're going to make a difference that's what I fully believe and um, as much as I um, will not uh, mention this again uh, I have a mind of my own I'm not a zombie and I think that anybody who reads anything that we write, they can see that it's individual voices. That's why this message is so powerful, because every single one of us, as Adam Conowitz so beautifully put it, we just have to let people see the beliefs that they already have. These are the beliefs that we already have. The majority of the world is pacifist. And if you don't believe that, go to a country where there's war and look at the faces of everybody involved, including the soldiers doing the, kiss, the killing, and you will see misery. And talk to any ex-soldier, and I will guarantee you that 90% of them don't agree with war. So, um, you know, violence is... Uh, is uh, it's not part of our nature, no matter what they say. And one of the coolest things, I went to a vegan lunch, and I'm just going to mention this, and then I'm going to sign off. And I met a guy called Michael, and I'm trying to get him to come on my podcast, actually, because he has some really interesting things to say. He objects to the word vegan because he wants to take the word vegetarian back. He says that we need that word back. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm not quite sure how to do that. So, you know, I admitted that to him. I say, I say vegan, you know, that's what I say. But he said... Um, that when you look at um, archaeology, and I want to get him on here to talk about this because it was really profound what he said. Archaeologists, they study pots, bones, and weapons, right? Now, what are pots, bones, and weapons associated with? They're so associated with, um, he's, he's not talking about human bones, he's talking about the bones of, uh, I'm assuming he's talking about the bones of the animals we kill. That's one piece of a side of, of that's, that's the type of people who hunted and killed. They had weapons and they cooked the meat in pots because they can't eat it raw because we're herbivores and they had the bones to prove it. He says that the true people, the free people, the raw food eaters, there's no trace of them, but doesn't mean they didn't exist. But archaeologists are finding bones, weapons and pots and saying that that what humanity is and projecting it into the future uh, he says it's so much better than me I have to definitely let him on but I think that he's really right I mean think about it a lot of the movement a lot of people who are really in tune with nature and who are really clued up and I admire them greatly and I aim I'm aiming for that myself are raw food eaters they really know their stuff and um, raw food eaters there's no pots because you don't cook there's no weapons because you're not killing and there's no bones because you're not eating any animals and he says that those people 
people are wiped from history and they uh, you know it's like he says we don't exist in history and he's talking about us you know we do exist human beings are herbivores and just because of um a few of us uh went down that path and the archaeologists are telling us that way that's part of our indoc indoctrination and that's uh so I want to get us back to uh, that those things. For one thing, they didn't leave any pollution. You know, we're polluting our world. I mean, there's so much involved in this whole thing. But um, anyway, this podcast was supposed to be uh, about nonviolence. And I hope that I made uh, my position clear and coherent. Um, generally, I'm pretty rambling. So I can only be myself. And um, I... Uh, I I'm going to start doing podcasts uh, more regularly and I, I'm going to have a new guest. Corey Wren is going to be a guest. Um, she is a, uh, and it's a female. I mean, we've only had uh, male guests on New Zealand Vegan Podcast. Not that I object to any, I'm not being any kind of you know, sexist, but uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, talking to Corey. She's doing some amazing work and she's actually now the Roanoke, which is R-O-A-N-A. O-K-E, Roanoke um, Vegan Examiner. So she's writing for the Vegan Examiner. She's going to come on my podcast and um, I'll have another guest on soon. I love having guests on. And I really want to thank also Barbara DeGrand. Um, I haven't done a podcast uh, for so long that uh, all this has happened in the last three weeks. She has a, a blog called Veganicious. She um, actually interviewed me and... Um, uh, featured me on her blog and I think that that's just uh, really really kind and um, if you want to check out her blog it's veganicious.com uh, she's uh, an amazing woman uh, does tons of advocacy for veganism and um, I uh, am very uh, grateful to anyone who is doing that that's what we all need to be doing and we are part of the peace movement whether we like it or not so I'm going to sign off and I will be back next week hopefully with a new guest otherwise I'll be by myself because I have lots to catch up on there's been so much going on um, I'm trying to uh, bring the abolitionist vegan movement to New Zealand and um, I'm very determined to do it and I've only just begun so this is really starting to happen and we're doing it so and check out all those podcasts that I told you about there they're just fantastic and they're joining the growing ranks of uh, vegan abolitionist podcasts that are out there it's a growing movement of the objection of violence and that's where we are now and let's get it going you know we're the beginning lucky us huh you know lucky me um, and it's hard in one way but in another way it's inspiring so I feel very inspired by it and I am very grateful to Gary Francione for the abolitionist approach and I'm very very grateful to other people who have cottoned onto that and who are doing the things they're doing we're starting to get out there in the mainstream we are like a shock of cold water in the face of sleeping people and unfortunately that's the way it is in the beginning but there's nothing we can do about it because we have to wake you know we have to wake people up um, 
and as all of those people put it we are running out of time um, let's do it um, I think that the way that they're proposing to do it is not going to do it so I say uh, let's be that splash of cold water in the face of sleeping people but let's not poison them in their sleep um, so I'm going to sign off and I'll be back next week thanks for listening bye